Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Merry Christmas season to all of you. And it turns out that Mitch McConnell to senators don't challenge election results. It could lead to a terrible vote. What's he saying? He's saying, you know what? People might find out who the swamp monsters in the Republican Party are. Shame, shame, shame on Mitch McConnell, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain something very clear to you. We've maintained this 100%, and we still absolutely must maintain this. The president of the United States, if he detects vote fraud, criminal activity, he must do his very best to route it out, to get rid of it, to stop that abuse. Okay? This isn't just an opinion of a sore loser. This isn't. Okay, this is a constitutional republic based on the rule of law. And as long as President Trump has redress of grievance solutions at his fingertips or the ability to have due process of law, and as long as there are true allegations that can go to court, that can go any other place using the checks and balances that America is known for, the Declaration of Independence, remember, it's we the people that give our consent. That's how they're governed. That's how we're justly governed. If you look at the preamble to the Constitution, we the people are supposed to administer justice, ensure domestic tranquility, right? So let's be very, very clear that every opportunity we have to stop fraud and to stand for the rule of law, we need to absolutely quadruple down in support of. All right, Sydney Powell is building a RICO case against Dominion and Smartmatic. Wisely so. Criminal activity going on there, folks, right? She has every right to do that. Representative Mo Brooks from Alabama doing a great job challenging the Electoral College results in Congress. He has every right to do that. Okay. In fact, Joe Biden promised that he would not declare victory until all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed in the debate. We played that soundbite many times. Sadly, Barack lied. I'm not Barack. Wow. Sadly, Joe Biden lie joe biden in the debate i don't know why i'm saying barack obama i guess it's because rush limbaugh is saying now barack obama can take out joe biden and leave kamala harris at the helm anyway i apologize i'm talking about joe biden literally said he would obey the law he would wait for all the i's to be dotted and t's to be crossed etc and he lied and isn't doing it at all but let's make no mistake it isn't about a sore loser it's about you know what 18 plus states said they wanted to see the supreme court deal with this they didn't even judge the merits of the case I digress, but our guest, Janet Porter, is with me, and she's going to break this down like nobody's business just for you, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to understand who Janet Porter is if you don't know. She was a former talk show host. She's been around for a long time. I used to listen to her show back in the day. She's the author of The Heartbeat Bill. There's nobody as pro-life as Janet 
her website, F2A.org. That stands for freedomtoaction.org. Here's what James Dobson said about Janet Porter. Janet Porter is a frontline warrior who I respect highly. She has done as much to protect the sanctity of life as anyone. I know, and I'm pleased to call her a personal friend. Amen to that. Janet, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you. So good to be here. And it is uh, faith to action, not freedom to action, although we stand for uh, for faith and for freedom. All and right. For life. Faith, faith <laughs> to action. Let me ask this. Is it F2A.org, though? Yes, it is. All right. F2A.org, faith to action. And I'm supporting faith and freedom to action, by the way. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this, because I, I'm making this case that, look, the president of the United States, if he believes there's wrongdoing, has every right to use every mechanism possible to ensure honesty and integrity uh, and uh, the rule of law in our system, uh, rejecting criminal activity to the best of his ability. I know the mainstream press spins it, but that's really the honest truth about America, and it should be for everyone, shouldn't it? Yes, it should. It absolutely should. Uh, you know, with Mitch McConnell talking about he's afraid of a wrong vote while the rest of America is afraid of, of whether we'll have free elections and, and moving forward, this is it, – it's appalling. Uh, Ken Blackwell wrote uh, – an article uh, uh, this week that said it's 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 really unfathomable to think that that President Trump had all of these coattails but no coat. <laughs> um, but when we look at the overwhelming voting fraud, you you pointed to it, Sam, and that is this: that the, the, the God has worked through our founders that that they put the system in place for us to have the checks and balances we need to check this kind of thing for this very kind of reason. Because, look, look, here's where we are. We've got a lot of rhinos who are, are, are really cowardly. Mo Brooks said, I don't want to be a part of the party of surrender. You know, he's a courageous guy, and, and what gave him, I think, some of that courage is he's lived through it. He was, he was a victim of voter fraud in Alabama. He pulled out a victory anyway but was able to prove that it took place in the state of Alabama. I saw it with Judge Roy Moore. It's, it's appalling that we've got machines that are being operated in the majority of our country that, that are really being funded by, yes, the Chinese Communist government. Um, the video that I put out, and it, it, you can watch it because they've been censored on YouTube and the Marxist censors online, uh, I just built a website. You can go right to it, JanetPorterReport.com. Uh, where I spell it all out. I've got it animated. I've got it easy with sound bites and very short for you to understand what took place um, after compiling many, many articles of understanding that there were four Chinese communist companies that owned 75 percent of a company that just gave more than half a billion dollars to the company that, that owns Dominion. That's the machines that have as part of their voting uh, 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 program, as part of their, their uh format and it's spelled out in their in their uh, uh manual that you can switch votes uh and it was used as you know in, Ain't in that cool for dishonest criminals boy it's just such a great feature you can get in security you know whatever whatever you want we can make sure you've got the outcome generated and that's why i think and, and let me tell you Hillary. what's shocking it's shocking that americans are just learning this reality it's been in their manuals it's been a reality basically in your face the whole time huh it has and you know by the way they not only have Chinese uh, Chinese money backing it, they have Chinese parts, uh, which include a cellular modem in, from, made from China that was used in, in Georgia, was in Wisconsin, was used in Michigan and elsewhere, um, that, can be, that can remotely access the machine, monitor it, and, uh, and we already know that the votes can be flipped. 
So, so look, you know what? If, if you're more concerned about optics and normality, then you, you need to get out of public office. What we need to do is make sure we have free and fair elections. Because if we don't have free and fair elections, we don't have a constitutional republic moving forward. And we will not have, oh, we'll get them next time, because there will be no next time. Because if they, they run the votes like they did this time, then we know that the results are already guaranteed for the leftist candidate. That's what's happening. But, but you know, I don't want to tell people don't lose heart. By the way, I, I, I encourage calls to Mitch McConnell. You know, we've got champions in the House like Mo Brooks. I believe Josh Hawley is going to challenge the, uh, the fraud in the elections on the 6th of January. But Mitch McConnell needs to get on board uh, or get out. And here's his number. Uh, it's 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. I think I've got that right. That's from memory. That's right. Well, check it out. Keep going. That's right. right. Yes. All right. Guaranteed so, so right. We need, to, we need to call him. And uh, But, but here's, here's the, what I call the trump card. And, and I spelled it out because our um, – our president's a pretty smart guy, and he saw down the horizon the voting fraud that took place. And by the way, I mentioned uh, Hillary said, hey, hey, hey I, I tell Joe Biden not to concede under any circumstances because I believe he'll eventually win. Why did she believe so strongly he'd eventually win when he can't get a dozen people to show up at his rallies? Oh, because they know the machines. They know all about the machines, that how they're made. And you know how they know? They're a part of it. Um, not only was Nancy Pelosi's chief of staff, not only is he a chief operating officer in the Dominion Company, but, but Diane Feinstein's husband is one of the major investors. The guy running the show was, was uh, somebody that was just uh, – that not only was on George Soros's board, leftist billionaire, who funded most of, of these horrific leftist moves. Um, they, he just appointed him as chairman of his board. Um, so, so when you look at that, then you look and see that the Clinton Foundation has a long history with these machines. In fact, they've been, they've been promoting them in other nations because any nation you want to take over, anybody you want to control the elections for, you want to control the outcome. It's a great feature. This machine has wonderful features spelled out in their own manuals. But let me tell you about the Trump card. President Trump saw the threat of foreign interference in our elections. And this man prepared for it. Hold they on, now, let's back up a second. Not only did he foresee this, the mainstream press knows it because he even created a fraud uh, vote investigation team right when he took office that eventually got disbanded because of the swamp. But he even saw it then and tried to put together something to protect the American people four years ago, right? I remember when he put that, that task force together and when it was dismantled, I was so discouraged and I was so distraught that, you know— how can we how can we fight this if we're not gonna we're not gonna you know pursue it right now when we can? Well, we are are reaping uh, the the results of that. But I will tell you this: that what he put in place uh, was an executive order, September 12th, signed in 2018, Executive Order 13848. What the president did is he declared a national emergency that authorized the national director of intelligence to investigate. Uh, up until the 45 days of the election, which is the 18th uh, of of uh, December, which is Friday. All right. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Janet Porter with us. Faith to Action, F2A.org, JanetPorterReport.org. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Stay there, Janet. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas, 
After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Do you think the election is over, ladies and gentlemen? Think again. Janet Porter reveals the Trump card in an executive order on foreign interference. Janet Porter, our guest now. Freedom or Faith to Action. That's Faith to Action. F2A.org. Janet, right before the pause, you were saying President Trump has been monitoring this, right? He has. uh, And he knew it was coming. Um, In fact, I believe there was extensive election fraud in the last election in 2016, which is why there was such shock that uh, that Hillary didn't win. She thought she had it locked down. But the numbers that Trump brought in were were, uh, uh, higher than anyone anticipated. So here's um, here's where we're at right now. The president has this Trump card. It's an executive order. One thirty eight forty eight. He declared a national emergency. He's told the director of national intelligence to investigate foreign interference within 45 days of the election, which the director of national intelligence has already already leaked out. Yes, there was, in fact, foreign interference in our election. He said it came from China, came from Russia, came from Iran, and that uh, he is to present that evidence to the president, the secretaries of state, treasury, defense. The Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security. And by the way, even the Democrats were making this claim until recently, right? Oh yeah, I mean, they were admitting this and agreeing with this until just now. Well, we saw Elizabeth uh, Warren talk about the Dominion machines and how they were they were rigged and how she had concerns. Other Democratic candidates filed a complaint. Uh, no one did anything, and now they're all fine with it because it benefits them. Um, that's the thing. If you don't have free and fair elections, we do not have a country. 
I mean, what, what's at stake right now is whether we will have freedom, whether we will continue our, our democratic constitutional republic, or whether we'll be in slavery to whoever it is pulls the, the levers. Uh, even though we go in, we think we vote, we're like any other communist country that goes in, for, they think they're voting, but the results are already predetermined. So what's happening now is that they are investigating and they are finding foreign interference like crazy. Um, and it does pose a national security risk. That authorizes the president to take action, even if the courts do not, even if the if Congress does not, uh, even if, if, if everyone folds like a house of cards, like we're seeing happen over and over, uh, we still have a trump card. And what he can do, the president can then defend our American sovereignty, our constitutional republic, and 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 what that means is that the but highest really court quick, not only can he do that, but he is under oath to do that, Janet. He is. You know, that's the thing. All these guys, including those members of Congress, as well as those in the judiciary, they they vowed and made an oath to God to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the president is one who is planning to keep his oath. Um, even in the midst of all of this, he tweeted out, we've just begun to fight. There is a trump card. And when you have a state of national emergency, the highest court in the land is no longer the Supreme Court. It is the military court. We are now looking at, at Sidney Powell, who has the ability to try cases in military court. And so when we're looking at a whole bunch of people who have lacked courage, the surrender party, as Mo, Book, Mo, Mo Brooks uh, pointed out, we are looking at someone who does have courage. And that's someone the Mitch McConnell's, if you will. He's already going, ah, oh, you know what, give up. This is goofy, whatever, don't do it. We don't want people to know we're part of the swamp. I mean, he's already blatantly admitting his defeat, right? Even shame Newsman. on him. You know, that shame, exactly right. And and there's a lot of question whether or not, you know, his, his connections to the Chinese Communist Party through his wife. There's a lot of people that are speculating that. But, but here, here's what we've got to do. We've got to get to the bottom of this. And, and, and this is what the president promised to do. He promised to drain the swamp. And what I believe is happening is that we have a candidate that God has chosen because we knew, because he knew that he was, and I'll just tell you, President Trump was not my first choice. But I, I could not be happier with him um, because he is a man of courage. He is a man that is against the establishment, that will not cave to pressure, who's, who's undergone more adversity than any other human being on this planet in recent days. Um, and, I, and I believe that pro-life is a litmus test. If you're not pro-life, you'll never protect anybody. And President Trump has done more for pro-life than any president in my lifetime, and I'm over 50 years old, Janet. Yeah, he is, he is a champion. And, and here's, here's the thing. He's a guy that's not going to say, well, because Mitch McConnell's part of the Republican establishment, I guess I'll just bow out. No, he's a guy with courage. And he's going to use it. He is going to fight, and he's going to—he's not going to give up our liberty uh, in the face of tyranny. And and that's that's the thing. We need to get on our knees and thank God that God knew better than than some of us in the early days, and said, "This is this is my man. This is a man after my own heart." Yeah, he's imperfect. Yeah, he's got flaws. Uh, you know, when we've got so many so many so-called Christians that are that are, oh well, you know, I don't like what he said, and his tweet was mean. You know what, Beth Moore? I, I want to say something to you. I, 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 I did not see you come out against the slaughter of a billion children every single year, which is the position of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I did not see that uh, that 
that moral outrage when it came to actually killing human beings as opposed to a, a crass comment made years ago or a, a tweet that you didn't that, that offended you. I mean, I'm just I, I this this riles me up because it's appalling that we've got so many pretenders. Well, and what is even what has even former Republican presidents done for pro life? They never spoke to the pro life rally. Uh, they never uh, have done the things that President Trump has done in such a bold fashion. And President Trump has been stopped by everybody the best they can, but he still marches on for pro life. Well, that's the reason I dedicated my book to him. I, I uh, as you know, and you said in the intro, we we launched the effort to uh, to keep hearts beating with the heartbeat bill. And uh, the book I've written called A Heartbeat Away. Here's my dedication, dedicated to President Donald J. Trump, our leader with the courage to stand for life and liberty in the face of monumental adversity, refusing to cower to establishment politicians, fake news, and constant pressure in order to to do what's right. If there was ever a leader who could keep hearts beating, it's President Donald J. Trump. And he said, as, as he spoke at the, uh, the the March for Life, as you pointed out, the only president to do so, he said, they are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice, and we will win because we know how to win. And that's it. And I'm a, I make the case to him that the heartbeat bill is the way to win. But in terms of winning this election, he knows how to win. He's going to win because he knows how to win because he's already put the pieces in place on the chessboard to say, all right, if the legislature doesn't do their job and, and if they refuse to certify fraud and if the court doesn't come through and if the Congress doesn't, doesn't if they fold like Mitch McConnell is trying to do, um, then guess what? We've got another avenue for justice. We have another avenue to try this case and to save our republic. That is what's happening. And I'll tell you what, uh, honestly, I don't watch, you know, Fox News. As you know, they sold us out, especially on election night. They were the only ones, by the way, to call Arizona uh, for for uh, uh, Biden when even CNN and MSNBC refused to do that. No other network did it. Um, and all of that is well, and that out. and that just shows their two color, true colors. You know what we see? Uh, they might uh, do a lot of good, but what happens is they betray us at such critical, critical, critical junctures uh, that you know what you got to turn away from them. You got to just say, oh, yeah. you know what? I don't wish any yell on anybody there, but you know what? It's not what I embrace. That's why on my uh, JanetPorterReport.com uh, site, I have it pointed out that, that the guy who ran the election desk, desk at Fox News was a paid Democratic operative. He was a consultant for the Dems, trying to get the Dems to win. And, and that's, that's what he did. Um, and so it's no surprise that he would make that call. Uh, what's surprising is that they would allow that to happen. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, even Newsmax now is is, is fraudulently calling uh, Biden president-elect. It's yeah, and, and shame on that. Hold on. There's only been one president that's been elected right now, and that is President Donald J. Trump. The other election is under contest, under fraud, under scrutiny, uh, under legitimate uh, questions. Okay. Joe Biden hasn't been elected to anything yet. Okay. No, Let's be very and clear, really. ladies and gentlemen. And I hope you're right, nor will he. But I, yeah. I, but I don't know about that, and I'll tell you why. And this is kind of a question that I find interesting, Janet, and I want to get your take on this. I get that these people are criminals, but how come these people aren't getting arrested? Okay? We see people literally counting ballots after they send people home on video. Okay? This isn't debatable. We see a literal election fraud. They've even now released reports from the investigations on the machines showing that they're designed to commit fraud just as Sidney Powell claimed, now we have third-party evidence of that. Why aren't people going to jail? That's a very good question, and it's something that, that I believe is going to be happening. You know, here's the thing. The reason why 
the Democrats fight with, with everything they have. It's not just because they want the power. It's not just because they want control. It's not just because they want leftist socialist policies. They know that if, if Trump does pull this out, and he, I believe with, with all my heart, 100 percent, that he will, that he will win, that he will be sworn in on January 20th, and he will be the, the, the continue as, as the president of the United States of America. But if the Democrats don't win, they're going to jail. There's going to be a lot of people in orange jumpsuits that are going to be held accountable for their actions, because we're not just talking about theft or fraud or stealing. We're talking about treason, because that's what it is. Let's and talk about it more in details with Janet Porter. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. A Heartbeat Away, her book. Get a copy today. Hang tight. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Vice President Pence will receive the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine publicly on Friday as part of an effort by officials to build public confidence. Pence, the leader of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, Second Lady Karen Pence, and Surgeon General Jerome Adams will all receive the vaccine at the White House. The Federal Reserve's Policymaking Committee, the Federal Open Market Committee, which sets Fed interest rates and other monetary policy tools, upgraded their projections on how quickly the U.S. will recover from the economic blow of the pandemic. The new projections were released Wednesday. 2020 gross domestic product growth improved from a decline of 3.7% in September to a drop of 2.4% in December. The baseline interest rate is projected to be 0 to 0.25%. China's Chang'e 5 moon probe has landed safely in Mongolia. The probe drilled six feet into the moon and collected 4.4 pounds of moon rocks. This is USA Radio News. This is sponsored by Amazon. Gather around the table to enjoy your favorite home-cooked meals, featuring ingredients from Amazon Grocery and Amazon Fresh. With the online acceptance of SNAP EBT benefits, Amazon customers can purchase the grocery items they need to recreate family recipes or make new mealtime traditions at home. Christina Herman, Amazon spokesperson, discusses the meaningfulness of home-cooked meals. Amazon understands the value of cooking fresh meals at home, making memories, and creating traditions with family. SNAP recipients can save time with convenient home delivery from Amazon Fresh and Amazon Grocery so they can spend it where it really matters. Customers paying with SNAP EBT on Amazon also have free access to Amazon Fresh and fast and convenient same-day grocery delivery with the added bonus of having attended or unattended delivery. To find deals and exclusive discounts for SNAP customers and learn more about the program, visit Amazon.com SNAP. The Hunter Biden laptop, forfeited when an $80 repair bill wasn't paid, may lead to a special counsel exposing the Biden family ties to China and Russia. USA Radio News' Dan Araki has more. President Trump is reportedly considering asking for a special counsel to look into Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. That's something Senator Lindsey Graham agrees with. The South Carolina Republican told reporters Wednesday that if a special counsel was warranted when investigating President Trump for collusion with the Russians, then there are many questions about Biden's activities overseas that a special counsel Council can look into. How far integrated into the Ukrainian economy did uh, Hunter Biden get when he was on the board of Burisma? Somebody needs to look at his time on the board of Burisma. Somebody needs to look at his business dealings regarding China to see if any crimes were committed. But 
mainly, I think, that to see what kind of conflicts, if any, the Biden administration may have. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Faith to Action leader Janet Porter riding shotgun on the show today, F2A.org, JanetPorterReport.com to learn more about her book, her articles, and all the fantastic work she's doing. So I'm saying, how come people are not arrested? Not only do we need people arrested relating to the election fraud that's absolutely blatantly provable, there's testimony and witnesses everywhere. We played some of the witness testimony on the radio. Uh, not only a testimony of experts, uh, or I'm sorry, of people that were there live uh, who will testify, who were, um, uh, you know, vote counter- counters and that kind of stuff, but literally IT experts that are documenting. We've known these machines can commit fraud. We've known this. This is nothing new. I mean, uh, Janet Porter, uh, you got Sidney Powell and others who are tracing more of the origins of it and how the fraud fraudulent software got developed and who's who and all that kind of stuff. But we've known this has been fraudulent for a long time. This is nothing new. They all admit it on both sides of the aisle and everything else. Now, I don't understand why people aren't arrested in that when we have positive proof in many, 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 many cases. And I don't understand how these states just double down and certify and courts everywhere in the land just say, uh, we don't care about the law. Um, But what I still don't understand is even beyond that, take a step back from that and say, you know, Joe Biden literally is on record saying, hey, I blocked these foreign countries from getting money. And they tried to have a showdown with me. And I told those son of a bees this and that. And when he's even blatantly saying that with a Hunter fraud, with a Joe Biden fraud and everything else, uh, they've already known about this uh, with Hunter for quite a while, uh, years, meaning they've had IRS liens on his house. Uh, he, you know, was involved with a prostitute and made a baby that he lied and said wasn't his all the way down to fraudulent actions in government. We have the smoking guns. Why the heck is Hunter Biden not in prison? And why is Joe running around free? I just don't get it. Well, I think that that may be one of the reasons why Bill Barr is no longer going to be attorney general. Um, we know the cover up that happened with with the complicit in the fraud uh, Twitter and and YouTube. And, you know, the big tech monopolies, the big tech bullies, all of these in the the mainstream media, these are all the the fake news. They hid it and they are complicit in this fraud and they're going to be accountable. And so so we're looking at at justice that I believe is coming. And I, I know it seems like a long time in coming and it is. But I believe that what we're looking at right now are the systems, the things that are being put in place, because let's just face it, we're in a war. Why are these people not brought to justice? Look at the governor of the state of, of, of Michigan. She actually lasted force to prevent the Republican electors from going in and passing their vote for Trump. This is, this is appalling. Uh, by the way, there's impeachment uh, articles that are, that are moving forward uh, on, on, on her behalf. But there's, there's so much uh, of this kind of battle that the Democrats will stop at nothing. They, they don't care about—by uh, uh, the way, you saw the, uh, the mayor of, of Chicago come out and, 
Mayor Lakewood come out and celebrate their so-called victory in the streets with a megaphone and say that's okay. But nobody better celebrate Christmas, and you better not go to church, and we better not have more than uh, 10 people come to your house. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with, and if we don't see this through, if we quit, if we take the easy way out, if we give up now, we will, we will, as Ronald Reagan said, we will tell our children and grandchildren what it was like to, to once like to be free. Because freedom isn't passed on through the through the uh, the bloodstream. It is it is something that is earned. It is fought for. It's a, we have a republic if we can keep. And this is where it comes down to. We have got to fight as if our American liberty, our American dream, is at stake because it's all up for grabs. The point and you're getting at cannot, is this isn't even about Donald Trump. I mean, it isn't. It is because, yes, he would be president for the next four years or whatever. But this isn't about President Trump. This is about the issue is honesty. It's about, it's about not just honesty, not just voter integrity. It's about whether we're going to live in freedom or slavery, whether we're going to determine who it is that represents us in free and fair elections, or whether we're going to let the deep state make our choosing for us just like they do in communist China just like they do in North Korea. I mean, I had to look and say when I was making that video, I had to look and say, do they actually vote in North Korea? Oh, yeah. They go through a system, and it makes it look like people are voting, but the results are predetermined. And that is where we are right now in the United States of America, where the results are predetermined by a machine that flips the votes, by, by a system that says, hey, let's, let's have all these swing states shut down and stop the count. I don't think it was a coincidence that they all decide at the same time we're all going to quit because Trump's way too far ahead. And then, boom, they do a ballot dump, and all of a sudden we've got, you know, 339,000 votes for Trump, or excuse me, 339,000 votes for Biden and zero for Trump, a statistical impossibility like that has happened in so many other areas. It's like, you know, as I mentioned in one of my videos on JanetPorterReport.com, is that it's like flipping a coin. Uh, 339,000 times and getting heads every single time. It's not going to happen. I mean, I even demonstrated it. I mean, I flipped it. Ah, It's heads, you know, it's heads again. What do you know? Maybe they're onto something. Oh, third flip doesn't work. It's not going to work. Not if you're doing things right. And so, you know, you do not have, as Ken Blackwell said, you don't have a coattails with all these new members of Congress being swept in without having a coat. You know, when when they had a picture of Nancy Pelosi with all the Democrats who who, who lost their elections, big group of them there in the in the in the rotunda of the Capitol. Then they had a picture of, of Kevin McCarthy standing by himself. He said, here I am with all the Republicans who lost their seats in Congress. No, they won. They won. And we picked up many seats because Donald Trump had coattails. In order to have coattails, you have a coat. In order for us to have a free uh, America, we need free elections. And that is what is at stake. And Mitch McConnell needs to have courage or he needs to be exposed because there's there's no it makes no sense in giving up before this 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 thing is determined because it is not determined. And by the way, that executive order that we've been talking about, not only does it say that we are supposed to investigate up until Friday, the 18th, it gives them another 45 days to actually carry out the action. So we're talking about a legitimate executive order. That, that is a threat to our national security if, in fact, what we're finding is that there's foreign interference in our elections, then guess what? That, we, that, that none of those days on the, on the calendar matter. So what, we what now needs have, to happen? President Trump needs to say, yes, we're going to move forward with this executive order, and then the investigation starts? Is that how it works? 
Well, I think he's already done that. I think he's already said the investigation has started. And it started, and we've got until Friday to present the evidence to the to the cabinet members listed, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as as well as the president. Then they each have authority. For example, you wonder why he's reporting to the Treasury Secretary. Well, that's because they can freeze assets. Oh, okay. Well, you've got the Secretary of Defense involved in there. He's got the Attorney General involved in there. Well, let's see what that means. Well, the Secretary of Defense. Uh, newly appointed is now is now in charge of of making sure that we we are going to defend America. That's why they're there. They're not there to hold a, a nice cabinet position for a photo op. They each have a job to do, and they're about to do their jobs. They're about to protect America from a foreign usurping of our elections. When we've got, by the way, why in the world would we have our elections being tallied in Germany? It's appalling. And by the way, there wasn't. I was doing a radio interview last night. They brought up uh, our, our friend Congressman Louis Gohmert, who pointed out the uh, the fact that that our special forces went in and they got the machines. They went in in an operation and they took them, and they've got the evidence. I believe that they are not only have the evidence; they are right now compiling it as we speak. They are putting it together, and I believe this will go. I've always thought it might go to the U.S. Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, but in a state of national emergency, we may be looking at something like martial law, then the highest court in the land is a military court. And that's, if that's where it goes, then that's, that's where it needs to go, then that's where it needs to go. It's hard to know if Giuliani and others are friends. They've jettisoned, uh, in my opinion, some of the best attorneys in the, attorneys in the land. You got, um, um, you got Sidney Powell, you got Lynn Wood, but you also have Matt Staver, who's not getting really a, a, a lot of limelight. But Matt Staver and his team, they're incredible attorneys. They were around in the George Bush hanging Chad issues of 2000 uh, as, as well. And, and you know what? They're as solid. They've been to the Supreme Court many times. They've stood up for religious freedom probably more than anybody else I know with more consistency and, and uh, guts than anybody. I mean, these are serious attorneys. Um, that certainly have the evidence on their side. The mainstream press doesn't really relay that fact to everybody. But really, these are serious people with long track records of, of stability and honor and success and, and guts. And um, I mean, these are real people. They, they are, and there's a lot of unsung heroes. Matt Saver's a friend. I've been texting him, sending him attorneys that can help. Um, he's a guy... Who, who you may remember back, I was, I was actually a part of the recount team in 2000. Uh, and, and so the reason I had so much confidence was I knew they were going to start calling and calling Joe Biden president-elect. But that's exactly what they did with, uh, with, with Al Gore. You know, I had a, a, a family member rib me, send me a picture of the cover of Time magazine with, with a picture of Joe and Kamala on the, on the cover and calling them president, vice president-elect. And, and I, so I just sent them back a cover of Time magazine with Al Gore's picture on it when they declared him president. <laughs> it didn't mean anything then. It doesn't mean anything now. You know, he's going to win. But what you need to, we need to continue to fast and pray to see this thing All right, stay there, Janet, America. because I want to talk about what we, the people, can do. I want to talk about the, the two options. One is the congressional uh, timeline for January the 6th. All it takes is one congressman and one senator to bring that up for real discussions. Uh, the question is, who will it be? we got Mo Brooks, uh, but who will it be? Rand Paul? Um, you know. Anyway, hang tight. We'll talk about it. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, 
Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. So President Donald J. Trump moving forward with an executive order basically saying, hey, you know what? We've had foreign interference in our elections. Therefore, you know what? The court, um, not willing to deal with that. But you think the election's over. Think again. Janet Porter with us, our guest. Now, there's that option, the executive order, which is moving along. You probably don't hear much about it because... The mainstream press doesn't want to tell you about it. That's why. Uh, other than that, though, it is continuing, and they did seize some machines. They do have evidence. They are moving forward with some serious, serious uh, issues on that front. In addition, though, there's another deadline most folks are ignoring. <clears throat> but again, uh, you know what? We need to follow every deadline option and do all that we can. But we also need to realize when there's criminal activity, foreign interference, bordering on treason, if not treason outright, um, you know what? There's no timelines when that happens, folks. You can play games and pretend there's timelines all you want to. But the truth is that there is no um, <clears throat> sunset on fraud. Okay? <laughs> so let's just remember that reality check for a second. Uh, but the, the Congress has an opportunity January the 6th to do something different. It takes one senator, one congressman. Here's what Senator of Kentucky Rand Paul said. Voter fraud happened. And the election was in many ways stolen. Will he be the one to stand up, Janet? Um, I, I think there's a number of them that could. Uh, my the word I had was Josh Hawley was going to do it out of Missouri, um, but I I think uh, Ted Cruz is a natural. Uh, any of these guys would be the ones to stand up. But yeah, it's it's great to see Rand Paul be so vocal about this. And you know, and here's the thing: if you look at uh, and this is one of the sites you can turn to since Drudge was sold. Uh, the Drudge Report, you can now go to Bannon's War Room. And and one of the things he says, sorry, Mitch, there's no moving forward without November 3rd being fixed. 
we've got to fix this problem. Oh, we're never going to have free elections moving forward. We can forget about having America, having elections. We'll just be going through the motions like they do in communist, communist, uh, you know, countries. This is this is where we're at, and and that is a situation though. We need to pursue it. We pursue everything with everything we have. And I think it's interesting that that we saw the president. They went and they they showed the American people in state legislature after state legislature that here's the fraud. And there is ample and sufficient fraud, more than enough in every state, to overturn the results of the election. And the case was made to the American people. Even though the networks weren't showing it, they had millions of viewers and right-side broadcasting. One American News were all watching online to show what, what happened. Well, there were also many electors that came and, 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 and submitted their votes for Trump, while others submitted votes for Biden. So we have a contested election. That's where you mentioned exposed to Congress. But we are looking at people that need to have courage, that, you know, the Mitch McConnell. Is it is it courage? Is a lack of courage or is it corruption? I think we're going to find that out, too. But what we need to do is make those those views known. Call your members of Congress. Call Mitch McConnell. Call Kevin McCarthy. Well, I understand we refused to sign a letter uh, to deal with this issue. And I, I think that it's, it's time that we hold these people accountable. But know this, that, that, that the president foresaw the danger. He saw it coming, and he prepared for it. And what we need to be able to also be doing is fasting and praying. Um, you know, I just had the, the family over for Christmas dinner, uh, the in-laws over this yesterday. But you know what? I care about my country. I haven't had turkey. I didn't have it for Thanksgiving. I didn't have it for, for Christmas dinner. Because you want to know something? Our country matters enough to, to give up meat or give up dessert or both or or, or to, to give up something, maybe give up fake news. But take this seriously because we need high-octane prayer that can that can move mountains. That's where we are right now because behind the battle that we're watching with our eyes, there is a battle that's going on that we can't see. It is a spiritual battle, and I am telling you what, every dark force is coming out of hell, and they are fighting to keep America from, from going the way of God's design, of freedom, of liberty, of, of life as we're moving forward and, and, and ending abortion with these heartbeat bills and, and so many other things that are that are at stake, there is a, a spiritual battle of biblical proportions, and we better get engaged. You know what? Turn off the fake news and get on your knees. Make those calls to Congress. We're going to fight that battle, too. But what we need to do is, is fight for the battle. I, I rarely get out of bed before first praying for our president. What we need to put on your armor, because we're in a battle. People don't realize we've been born on a battlefield. That's why we've got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith. See how quickly it is you can put your armor on. Do it. This is a battle. And when you get a thought that's an arrow that's coming at you from Fox News or even from Newsmax or Mitch McConnell that says, oh, no, we're giving up, and it's too late, and it can't be done, you just need to turn that off and get back in the Word of God and realize we serve the God of the impossible. You know, I remember 20 years ago when we were there in the recount station, it was like living in a Peretti novel. He's up. He's down. He's we, How many votes are we up with? I mean, I was there holding up the ballots, looking to see if there's a hanging chad, if you could see the a dimple chad, all of these things. At least we had a record then. At least we could look and see what the results really were, unlike now where we've got machines that can be altered in the dead of night. But what I knew then is what I know now, is that we serve the God of the impossible. They may claim their machines are dominion machines. We have someone who actually has dominion, 
the God of creation, and he is, he is fighting for us. And when we go to him and we cry out to him, and, and, and you know, one of the things we, we do in every election, I'll just tell you this story, is, is we, we pray Second Chronicles 714 every election. We prayed at this election. We prayed at every election I've, I've ever known. That is that if you humble yourself, if we seek, seek God's face, if we pray and if we turn from our wicked ways, he'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sins and he'll heal our land. But I was one of the people who prayed at the return this year in Washington. And my prayer this year was unlike any other time in my lifetime, where I, I appealed to God and said, you know what? The part that most people forget about, we'll humble ourselves every election. We'll pray. We'll seek God's face. But the part we always, always miss is turning from our wicked ways. But the prayer that I prayed there on the, on the, the mall was this, that God, there is a remnant, that there were 10 righteous states, much like Abraham lobbying God to save Sodom and Gomorrah. For 10 righteous, he would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah. I told God there were 10 righteous states that passed heartbeat laws to protect every child whose heartbeat can be heard. We have turned from our wicked ways to the extent that we are able in 10 states and the state of Alabama that outlawed abortion outright. And I, I read them off. People were, the crowds were cheering as we crawled off Arkansas, North Dakota, Iowa, Kentucky also passed heartbeat laws. Mississippi, Georgia, Missouri passed a heartbeat law. Louisiana, Tennessee, and Ohio, where it all began, we, we made the case to God, unlike any other time, that, that we had a remnant, that there were 10 righteous states, and actually 11 when you count Alabama, which, as I mentioned, uh, stopped the shedding innocent blood outright in their law. What we are making the case to God is that there is, there is hope for America, that if you give us more time, and we will continue to use it. We will finish the good work that you began. We'll end the, the slaughter of the innocents. We're going to, to, to take back every mountain of influence and advance the kingdom of God instead of merely reacting, responding, defending, or shrinking piece of real estate. What we need to do is realize we have the authority. God gave us the authority that we need to start using, that those who occupy our land are not the rightful owners that we need to first get back our free and fair elections. And I believe that God is using all of this. I'm thanking him in the middle of this because he's using this to not only drain the swamp and give us godly and more righteous policies, but he's going to give us what we need moving forward is free and fair elections, where these machines go into the ash heap of history as a warning to never let it happen again, that we dare not let not just foreign interference, but domestic enemies uh, it, engage in stealing an election. It was obvious. Anybody watching this could see that, that, that you know, when you've got judges and, and, and election officials that are defying the Constitution, defying the law, defying court orders, and keeping every, every observer illegally away from viewing what was happening, why do you think they keep people away? It's not because they, they're, they're doing things right. It's not because they're doing things fairly with integrity. No, you keep people away when you don't want them to see what you're doing. And every one of these, these states that have not only changed the rules and said, you know what, we're going to let people vote for another week. You know, you know we're going we're to make it through the mail. We're going to solicit votes through the mail. And, and we're going to extend the deadlines on a whim. Guess what? You don't get to do that in America. you got to follow the law. And when they break the law, there needs to be accountability. And that is what, if the, if the legislatures, if the courts, if the Congress won't do their jobs, we've got this, this trump card, this emergency declaration that is in place, ready to do what, what, what the cowards are doing. I think what's happening right now, Sam, 
is that there is a litmus test happening. There is a litmus test, and we're going to see what you're made of. Are you a George Washington patriot, or are you a Benedict Arnold traitor? That's it. Almighty God is literally letting the chips, uh, you know, fall where they may. The Almighty God is letting people uh, show their true colors and expose who they really are. And, And our prayers are with the republic, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you have Joe Biden literally after they claim he won because of this, uh, you know, shenanigan electric college scenario, which, by the way, has dual submissions now. That's under contest as well. Nevertheless, though, Joe Biden came out of that and goes, democracy won. Has he ever pledged allegiance to the flag, <laughs> to the flag Janet? There's a lot of Because we don't have a democracy. You know, that's right. And, and, you know, God said, he said, you know, these people praise me with their with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You can talk a lot about America and democracy and patriotism, but th- th- this is this is this is where it comes down to it right now. We are being tested uh, by fire. And you know what? There'll be many who come out gold and many more who do not. And and I, uh, I just know this. I, I went last weekend. A group of us went to, to Philadelphia just to pray. And we stood outside Independence Hall. And we looked inside the room where our founders, I, I'm a descendant of, 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 uh, of Ben Franklin, and I looked in that room where, where they stood, and they signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing that they were signing what could very well be their death warrant. They were willing to say, as Patrick Henry did, give me liberty or give me death. There was a battle that was going on, and they knew the price of freedom might include their lives. And this is what it comes to, down to right now. What are you, on what side are you, if you're going to sign, where's your name going to appear? I'm telling you this, if I'm going to make a choice between liberty and tyranny, it is, it is my name and I will be standing on the side of liberty and no matter the cost, because this is, this is everything. This is our, this is America and this is America or it's, or it's the way of communist China tyranny, uh, where, where socialism is merely a, a prelude to communism. That's all it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Janet Porter, she's author of The Heartbeat Bill that is really standing for pro-life boldly, nobly, and independently. She's also written a book called A Heartbeat Away, and she's a frontline warrior, ladies and gentlemen, standing for the sacred cause of liberty. And she says, you think the election is over? Think again. Janet Porter reveals the Trump card in an executive order on foreign interference in the election. This isn't over yet. Please Ladies and gentlemen, learn more about Janet. JanetPorterReport.com, FaithToActionF2A.org. Janet, we'll have you back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. God bless you. Doing a phenomenal job. She is, as always, James Dobson, full of nothing but praise for her, and we echo that reality check, ladies and gentlemen. All right, one hour in the can. This election is not over. Don't give up yet, folks. I get that. You know what? We don't have trust in the courts. I told you that I didn't have trust in the courts from the beginning. Uh, not because I don't have trust in America, but look, you can't just go to nine robed thugs as far away from the people as they can get. You got to go to your local precincts and start challenging them and saying, listen, it isn't up to nine Supreme Court thugs to find out about our local precinct. I want to count in our local precinct that I want answers. I want accountability and I want to know if it matches what was submitted or what the state or whatever the next level up holds. Right. We want accountability everywhere and we better be willing to push for it. God save the republic. Casting live 
From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is hour two of two. This is the broadcast for December the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Our goal to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We got a road to hoe, I'll tell you that right now. But Americans are always up for the challenge. We've been in tight spots before, so we can deal with that. But we've got to use the checks and balances of the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. We've got to understand that we, the people, have a role to play. and We better get engaged, and we better get engaged now. Mr. Pete Sepp, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, with us. Welcome back, and a hearty Merry Christmas to you and your family, sir. Well, Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. All right. I, I know this is not really on topic for Pete Sepp and the NTU uh, from a tax point of view, but it is the elephant in the room. <laughs> what do you think of all these election challenges and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, I believe the president has a right to a redress of grievance, and as long as we, he has opportunities to have due process of law and he feels like things have been wronged or there's criminal activity committed, et cetera, et cetera, you know, they make it sound like he's just a sore loser. But I think if there really is vote fraud, then the republic's at stake, sir. Well, ages ago, I should relate this to you, that I worked at a board of elections for a, a county-level agency uh, summers while I was in college. And I remember that uh, there were a number of procedures that uh, required both Democrats and Republicans to be in the room when ballots were counted. There were always spoiled ballots. There were some accusations by candidates that they'd been defrauded of their victory because of improper election procedures and challenges would be made and administrative hearings would be held. Sometimes court cases would be brought. So my point here is that it's generally a normal process for someone somewhere to challenge the results of an election and ask for things like recounts and verifications. And if they don't get that, they resort to other proceedings. This should not be a surprise to us that Donald Trump and his team are now doing the same thing in multiple states. Do I think that it will change the results? Probably not, based on my experience in that small uh, to medium-sized election agency. But that's my opinion at this point. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want to really go on that for a long time, but I do want uh, people to respond to this because, sadly, that, along with the release of the vaccines, is just taking all the oxygen out of the room for any other discussions, sadly so, because there's so many yeah. things that need to be done relating to the American people, and that's what we're all about on this program, and that's what the National Taxpayers Union, NTU, NTU.org is all about as well. Uh, you know, these things matter, and we should keep an eye on those balls. Don't misunderstand me. But there are things in our lives that matter. The economy, pardon the pun, being top billing among them for many of us who need to stay alive, uh, financially speaking, during the pandemic. And therefore, Brandon Arnold for NTU.org writes an incredible article that I think relates big time right now. And it's something that we need to keep our eye on this ball, too. Headline. NTU, that's the National Taxpayers Union, urges passage of COVID-19 relief legislation. They urge the passage of that. Brandon Arnold with the details, Pete. 
Yes, this is called the Emergency Coronavirus Relief Act of 2020. Now, I'll preference the remarks here by saying this is not an ideal situation in which we find ourselves as a nation or legislatively. What we're trying to do here is win the best possible protections for taxpayers if Congress and the White House go ahead with yet another legislative relief package for COVID-19, something like the CARES Act that was originally passed back in March of this year, but nothing like, we hope, the HEROES Act, which was a $2.2 trillion bill. You know, this is where we're finding ourselves having to talk to Congress and the White House and say, look, if you're going to move forward with legislation, taxpayers deserve first consideration here. You can't throw trillions of dollars at this problem without accountability. And I think this bill, the Emergency Coronavirus Relief Act, is a decent deal. It still has flaws in it, but we're talking about a bill that now has a price tag of less than half of what the HEROES Act did. Nancy Pelosi's solution to the problem. Okay, that's uh, a could-be-worse situation. Uh, Does the bill have riders on it that we would like to see go away? Yes, there's industry-specific relief that I think would be better served if we just had things like more tax relief and more loans. But tax relief and loans are going to be part of this package And uh, that's important for taxpayers to recognize, as opposed to outright federal aid or bailouts. Uh, We still have problems with bailouts in this bill for the U.S. Postal Service and for the Essential Air Service program. Not necessary. We might be able to deal those out of the package. But here again, the point is we've got to be in the room while this is happening so that taxpayers at least have a fighting chance to hold on to more of their own money and we're not loading more debt onto the backs of future taxpayers. And let's, let's, be very clear, let's be very clear about this too, Pete. When you say that we should pass this, <clears throat> we're not really wanting to spend a bunch of money, okay? We're not really kind of socialist idea that we just say, hey, government, spend our way out of this thing. That's not our normal viewpoint. However, when the government shuts down everything and people can't make a living, you know, you've created uh, to some degree, you know, whether we can debate on the other side of this, if that's justifiable or not. But when you create this situation where people don't have a way forward because they don't have economic freedom, then something has to be done is the point. And so what we're saying is, hey, the ideal is not to do it at all. But living in the real, there has to be a prioritization somewhere. And if they're going to do it, we either need to sit at the table and help prioritize or we just simply get sidelined which I believe does yes. no good. And so that's really, and I, and I highlight that, Pete, because I want people to understand the kind of the ramp up to this and the, and the perspective and, the, and the, the reality here. The ideal is to not be involved in this situation at all. The real is where we're at, though, and we need to be at the table uh, to make sure that we don't get fleeced along the way, right? Yeah, exactly. And politically, this is the smartest move we can make at this time. That, that's the thing. Nancy Pelosi and the ultra-liberal left wing uh, is already complaining. They're saying that this is not enough money. This is not going to work. We need to have more bailouts. We need to have more Green New Deal elements because that somehow will help our economy recover. And we both know uh, that's not going to happen. That's going to be making matters worse. The point is, 
This bill was proposed by what's called the Problem Solvers Caucus in Congress, Democrats and Republicans who are interested in finding pragmatic solutions to public policy problems. Well, they're not always on target, but here the smart move is to endorse this bill and say it's not perfect, this is not an ideal situation, but by doing that, we are creating a wedge between some Democrats who want to do something that's responsible and the ultra-left wing with AOC and Nancy Pelosi and the rest. I think that what we're going to wind up with here is something that we can at least live with. All right, so let me highlight even further kind of the direction. Uh, the NTU manages to say a lot in very few words, but let, let me give you this reality check, ladies and gentlemen, uh, about what NTU, uh, Pete Sepp, and others are saying. That is this. Listen carefully. In lame duck Congress, Congress should avoid shutdown and pass targeted COVID relief. There's a whole mouthful of reality checks in that one phrase, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about lame duck, number one. So remember, those people who pass things, uh, if you're not very careful, have no accountability, a lot of them, right? Okay, secondly, uh, you get a situation where um, we're about to shut down the government like we always do at Christmas. Why they leave it till Christmas, by the way, is not an accident. It, it happens every year, all the time. Okay, so let's not shut down the government. Let's 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 move past that. But, and then they really give, in my opinion, the reality check here. The COVID relief has to happen because the government's taking actions forcing it to happen. Okay, we can debate that all day long, but that's where we really are in reality. But then you say pass targeted COVID relief. That's the key to the discussion, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And you really have hit the key point too, Sam, that government created this mess. Government is going to have to help clean it up. And the way to help clean it up is to provide that targeted temporary relief for businesses that have been shut down by government's own devices and get the economy back on its feet so we can transition into what will amount to a new normal. The new normal could go one of two ways. It could go the way of AOC and Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren and the radical wing of the Democratic Party with more government control, Green New Deal, economic manipulation, higher taxes, more and, regulation. And that train will or, pick up speed with Biden asleep at the, at the controls, huh? That's right. That is exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Biden will give the congressional Democrats on the radical side a free hand unless we, again, drive that wedge between that radical wing and the more moderate wing of their party so that we can do something, again, that is targeted and temporary and will allow us, the free market, pro-liberty people, to make our case. Amen to that. Pete Sepp, stay there, my friend. we got a whole lot to cover. I want to talk about the defense bill and a bunch of other things. you got to keep an eye on this ball, ladies and gentlemen. I know everybody wants to talk about the new vaccines rolling out and whether Donald's going to you know, go away or stay. And I, I get all that. But it's Christmas. And usually, financially, they, they beat us up at Christmas. So you got to watch and be vigilant, folks. NTU.org in seconds. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp with us, president of NTU National Taxpayers Union. We've been talking about lowering taxes for 25 years, ladies and gentlemen. And I know we got a row to hoe. <laughs> but you know what? Good people are doing good things, ladies and gentlemen, is the point. And you need to know about it. There are organizations that are making a solid difference. And even though we feel like, you know, sometimes our backs are against the wall or we're not making progress and everything else, I know it's frustrating and, and disappointing and discouraging, but don't let them talk you into uh, apathy. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, we are making a difference. And, and, and even though things aren't as, you know, what do you want to say, squared away as we would like might be the best way to say it. Uh, the fact is, just imagine if NTU wasn't there. Just imagine if, if good citizens behind the scenes that don't get near enough credit oftentimes, just imagine if they weren't fighting to lower taxes literally every day. Just imagine how abusive it would be, Pete. I don't even want to think about it. I might not even be able to buy Christmas presents for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, un unfortunately, uh, that's how we often have to think of ourselves is sort of stemming the tide, not only of red ink, but bad proposals for higher taxes and more regulation. We often uh, have to simply stop bad things from happening rather than make good things from hap uh, to happen. But that's the way the job is, and uh, we celebrate the victories uh, even as we learn from the defeats. Ladies and gentlemen, NTU National Taxpayers Union is the voice of America's taxpayers, mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief and reform. What a blessing that is. That's almost a Christmas gift in and of itself that they exist and they work so hard, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
let's talk about this headline here, Pete. I think this is really important to discuss as well. Right now, there's a defense bill. Lawmakers should reject $740 billion defense bill. Uh, you want to respond to that one? <laughs> yes, unfortunately, the Pentagon is not immune to uh, waste, fraud, and abuse of tax dollars. In fact, it is one of the biggest violators. And people say, well, what price our national security? We should just, uh, we should just swallow the bitter pill, spend uh, as much as possible, and uh, that will make us safer. Well, that's not always the case. And every dollar of defense money that is wasted or put toward a low-priority item in the budget actually harms our national security. And so that's why we eye the defense budget as critically as we do all of the domestic expenditures. It matters more, in fact, when it comes to national security spending. And the latest version of the uh, defense policy bill, also called the National Defense Authorization Act, has a few bright spots to it, some wins that we've been actually trying to uh, secure for quite a number of years. And it starts with something called the Taxpayers' Right to Know Act. Believe it or not, um, it is very difficult to put a, a, an exact number on program performance and uh, reform opportunities when it comes to Pentagon spending and spending throughout the federal government. What it's going to do, this act, is finally complete a years-long effort on the first-ever comprehensive federal program inventory. We hold on, hold actually... on, stop, stop. Say that again, because in my opinion, this is landmark good news, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, this sir. Is... Say it again. This is to complete the first-ever, first-ever federal program inventory. In other words, to finally know how many programs, how many agencies, how many bureaus are administering federal tax dollars, what they're spending it on, where it's going, and how we can improve it. Believe it or not, uh, that is something that the federal government has never undertaken. We've done it in bits and pieces, parts of the government. Uh, we've tried to do it for the overall federal government and have failed. Taxpayers have a right to know what they're paying for. Simple as that. And that's what this act is finally going to achieve. Once we know where all the programs are, what they are, and what they're spending money on, we can finally begin the task of pairing those programs back to their constitutional boundaries. Wow, that is significant, sir. And I don't think anybody's even hearing anything about this at all, are they? No, they aren't. And I'd like to point out that this is a bipartisan effort. Uh, Jim Cooper, Democrat from Tennessee, Tim Wahlberg, Republican of Michigan, James Comer, Republican of Kentucky. Uh, this is now included in the House's version of the National Defense Authorization Act. And so we're thrilled that uh, this is going to likely make it to final passage and get signed into law. And let me explain the reasoning behind this. You know what? We reject it and think that we shouldn't spend this kind of money at all. However, if they're going to spend it, let's put at least get some good things in it that can try to give us the ability, give us the tools necessary to start paring things down and cutting things back. The real question is in the national, the 
defense authorization bill relate to things like this? Do we want a nation build? Uh, or do we want to just um, have national defense? You know, what do we want to do with our time and our dollars and our expenditures? And and that's where, in my opinion, we need a lot of people that are not so hawkish uh, for these discussions. Uh, we need to follow the Prince of Peace here and kind of back off a bit and say, hey, you know what? We need to defend America. We all agree. But what does that mean? And how much does that cost to do effectively? And when are we undermining the effort, maybe? Uh, and as George Washington, one of the greatest generals ever known, said, you know, hey, avoid those foreign entanglements. When are we using that money to engage in foreign entanglements that eventually come back and become kind of the next, um, well, yesteryear's discussions and interventions and involvements become futuristic problems that we face? And, and, and I think these discussions need to be out on the table, transparent and discussed in reality, uh, not just hammered through. Pete? Yes, I'd agree with that. And I think... We also need to recognize that national security also depends on our economic security. The fact is, one of the biggest strengths we have to deter foes and aggressors is that we have a a tremendously well-educated population with the freedom to innovate, with tax burdens that get too high but are a little more stable than they are in other countries, with a little less regulation than countries in Europe or the socialist world experience. The fact that we have that kind of freedom to innovate, to create jobs, to build uh, an economy that is the envy of many other nations in the world is something that we can use as a security asset. And, uh, That means we need to watch how much money government consumes at all levels and for all purposes. There's a lot going on. Uh, Do do you think that this lame duck session will give us a break this Christmas, or do you think they're just going to be working on things behind the scenes? The government shutdown always worries me because usually what happens is they just hammer through everything they couldn't get through all year long uh, in those end game discussions, don't they? Yeah. That's right. And, of course, funding uh, agreements for the current fiscal year ran out on December 11th. So that was last week. And Congress passed a temporary one-week extension going through December 18th to try and hammer out a bill for the rest of this current fiscal year to fund the federal government. Well, that deadline is now uh, barely a day away as we're speaking here. Congress can either punt again and give themselves more time to negotiate something, or uh, they can finally hammer out the agreement and rush it through. I happen to think that a little more time would be a better thing, uh, because with that, taxpayers get the chance to make the case uh, if they say, well, we have to do this tonight, folks, so let's just give everybody everything they want uh, on their wish list, and we'll call it a day. Uh, that would probably be a mistake. Well, and I don't understand why somebody doesn't say, listen, every year this comes up, we punt, 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 play around, threaten shutdown, do all this stuff. Why don't they just change the date of this budgetary annual reality and say, look, we're going to deal with it January 27th or whatever the number be, February 10th. I don't know what, but enough to say, look, let's get back. Let's get the fresh people in place. Let's let's literally take action now and, and, and do so in a in a um, organized, transparent way. Let's not put ourselves under pressure or, or put ourselves in a, a compromising position from the get-go. I mean, that would be so easy to do, Pete. How yeah, dumb am I, huh? Would. 
<laughs> not dumb at all, actually. And I, I think Congress does need to consider how to prioritize and arrange its deadlines so that we'll get better outcomes for taxpayers. I have if you kicked it into the start of the next year, for example, like I'm saying, you would have fresh people there after all the inauguration and everything else. You'd have time to you know, research it and get a handle on it. You would have uh, nobody uh, in lame ducks. You would have, I mean, doesn't it make a whole lot more sense? Yes, absolutely. All right, Pete's up with us, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot to cover. This is great. Hang tight. NTU.org, that's the National Taxpayers Union. Not only are they involved on the national and the global level in partnership with others, but they're on the local level for you as well. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A North Carolina police officer was killed in a Friday morning shootout near a car wash. The shooting happened around 3.30 a.m. in Belmont, North Carolina. Police said the shooting happened after Mount Holly police officers confronted an armed suspect while responding to a breaking and entering call. 25-year-old Mount Holly officer Tyler Herndon was taken to the hospital where he later died. The suspect, identified as 24-year-old Joshua Funk, was also shot but only suffered minor injuries. Funk has been taken into custody and charged with first degree murder. At least three people have died as a strong snowstorm that's left over 60 million people under winter weather alerts slams the mid-Atlantic and northeast. The National Weather Service warned the storm would cause major travel disruptions and power outages while dumping heavy snow. There were some 200 vehicle crashes in Virginia Wednesday. Brooklyn, New York is reporting six and a half feet of snow overnight. Boston is expecting a foot of snow today. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Lawmakers want to remove a congressman from the House Intelligence Committee after he was infiltrated by the Chinese Communist government. USA Radio News, Dan Naraki. A group of Republican lawmakers have sent House Speaker Nancy Pelosi a letter urging her to remove California Congressman Eric Swalwell from the House Intelligence Committee. The 17 GOP House members wrote that Swalwell's interactions with an alleged Chinese spy are a national security risk to a committee that handles information critical to national defense. Representative Chris Stewart says it should come as no surprise that members of Congress are targets for infiltration by the Chinese. The Utah Republican, who also sits on the House Intelligence Committee, tells Fox News that Representative Swalwell should have known better. I think that's the primary failure here is, look, we start with the presumption that China is going to target us. They're going to try to exploit and develop relationships with us. And then you look at the commonsensical kind of uh, kind of environment we're in and then say, does this person raise red flags? She certainly did. And I think that's where Mr. Swalwell has some questions that he, he absolutely has to answer. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki.
Pete Sepp, president of National Taxpayers Union, riding shotgun on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about solutions. We're talking about how lawmakers should reject the $740 billion defense bill. But you know what? We're now getting the opportunity to really analyze what is good and what is bad in these bills. Breakdowns of budgetary realities like never before. That is good news. And there's a new House bill being proposed that would reform an outdated, expensive court record system, Pete. This is uh, one example, right? Yes, it is. It's called the uh, Open Courts Act of 2020, H.R. 8235. There's currently a system for um, access to electronic court records called PACER. Uh, It's a government acronym that uh, has really earned a lot of bipartisan scorn lately because it's highly inefficient costs a lot, very slow. Well, this bill would reform it. It would allow the public to have free access to electronic court records. It would reduce fees in some places, increase them in others. But by and large, it would provide a less expensive pro-taxpayer way of allowing citizens to access court records more quickly and at an affordable out-of-pocket price. And Why this is important, of course, well, it's a number of reasons. Not only are we talking about some modest taxpayer savings here, but we're also talking about taxpayers being able to get to records that could more efficiently help them in some of their own lawsuits against government. And uh, the fact is, we have to hold government accountable through all branches of government, the legislative, executive, as well as the judicial branch, And taxpayers traditionally have had the least access to the judicial branch in trying to pursue remedies. Very costly to hire attorneys, very difficult to understand all the rules of civil procedure. This will make it just a little bit easier, clear one of those hurdles for taxpayers having access to court to enforce some of their rights. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, it's amazing what people are working on that you don't get to hear about, huh? Think about that. All right, we need to reform that sucker. I'll tell you that right now. Next headline that I find interesting, and we're going to talk about this, three surprising facts about international trade and manufacturing. Brian Riley writes this article on NTU, that's the National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, three surprising facts about international trade. And while you gear up for that one, Pete Sepp, it's also interesting to note that right now uh, the United States Treasury Department has just branded Vietnam and Switzerland as currency manipulators while putting China and nine other countries on a watch list in an annual report designed to halt countries from manipulating their currencies for unfair trade advantages, sir. These two go together. Yeah, yeah, they certainly do, because if we're going to have a good, solid trade system that benefits both the United States and other nations in which we engage in trade, we need to have ground rules that are enforceable, that are transparent, and that hold countries accountable for their behavior. That doesn't mean We have to immediately resort to trade wars, retaliatory tariffs. Those are a bad idea, 
and I know we've had this discussion before, there's a difference between figuring out a system for funding the federal government that might be based on moderate tariffs versus engaging in trade wars and using tariffs as a tool to do that. Totally different things. One is a far, far better idea than the other if you're trying to design a federal government that is limited and within its constitutional boundaries. One shields the American taxpayer from direct taxation, which is a blessing the founders understood well. Uh, And it also basically allows us to then uh, appropriately punish bad actors who are manipulating things for their political uh, and economic advantage, sir. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And when you talk about these different facts involved here, you begin to understand Trump has been right on this all along, regardless of the derision he takes. Yeah, uh, there are many, many instances where we need to have a trade policy that's smart, uh, one that does not rely on trade wars, but rather relies on accountability. And when you take a look at these three surprising facts, for example, from 2010 to 2019, net U.S. manufacturing employment has increased by almost 1.4 million. Now, this that is amazing when you think about that. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's incredible performance. And many would have you believe that, uh, well, because of uh, international trade, uh, net manufacturing employment has fallen. That's actually not the case. And I would, of course, give some credit to the enactment of smart tax policies beginning in 2017 for part of that uh, net U.S. manufacturing employment rise. It's not just due to trade. It's due to good tax policy, good regulatory policy, the confidence that was instilled in American business after the Obama era of hyper-regulation and threats to overtax. So, that's, that's a lesson to be learned. Uh, they all tend to go hand in hand. If they're made to work together, we can actually increase employment in areas where we desire them to increase. And you would think with the COVID, um, you know, we talk about the economic realities and difficulties with that. And that's why we, you know, really talk about targeted COVID relief. Uh, but this is an example where just imagine if we didn't have pr- uh, gains in this. And you would think from the coronavirus, especially internationally, that things would be just south all the way, you know, a train going south 100 mile an hour kind of thing. Um, it isn't the case because of policies that are in place. And what we need to do is vet those policies so we understand them and pursue uh, continued direction in, that, in those policies to even make it more so, right? Yes, absolutely. And, of course, the incoming Biden administration uh, – will have some interesting choices to make on trade policy. Uh, There's going to be, for example, the renewal of what's called trade promotion authority. That allows presidents to fast-track negotiations over trade agreements. Uh, Ronald Reagan uh, sought it and uh, was able to use a similar authority. Uh, Barack Obama sought it. Uh, He got it. And some said that was for the worse. Uh, We have to be careful about giving the executive branch too much of that authority. But the point is, the Biden administration, uh, if uh, it comes to Washington in January and starts saying, well, um, we need to attach all kinds of new conditions to trade agreements, uh, environmental goals like the Green New Deal. Uh, We won't trade with anyone until 
they they sign on to all of the radical principles of the Green New Deal. That would be the wrong direction. That's taking trade in in a, in a direction that's not going to be productive for the United States or any of its trading partners. We're supposed to be tearing down barriers, not putting up more regulatory barriers and conditions. One thing that relates to this, and the COVID, um, as sad as the circumstances are relating to this, I really think that we can do something if we're if we're if we're careful, if we're wise, if we're uh, clear about our uh, uh, attempts here. That is this: top one percent saw wages increase; they say saw wages soar, one hundred and sixty percent since nineteen seventy nine. And then they go on and have this big explanation in USA Today. They say the rich are getting richer; they're getting there faster than the rest of America's workers and then they say you know wages barely rose eight point something percent or whatever for the bottom 90 percent etc they go on and on and on however uh, as we come out of the coronavirus difficulty and as we work on the environment and as we work on tax reform and as we work on uh, international relationships and tariffs and uh, which countries are being bad actors and everything else if we're wise and we really press our legislative bodies and we support national taxpayers union and put together cogent research that can support uh, appropriate direction. Um, we can economically have a real opportunity to make a difference here if we seize the day, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I think we need to begin by telling the truth about some of these laws that have been passed on behalf of taxpayers that have done an excellent job of boosting our economy. You know, we talk about the gap between rich and poor. Well, just released data that we analyzed from the IRS shows that after passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, the big tax cut law, or a modest one in my opinion, that gets all this blame for widening the gap between rich and poor, it's just not true. The latest data for tax year 2018 shows that the share of federal personal income tax paid by the top 1% is going up, not down. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know there was so much good news before Christmas? <laughs> you didn't hear about it from your mainstream naysayers, did you? Ladies and gentlemen, our prayers and our actions are with the Constitutional Republic known as the United States of America, NTU.org, one of the leaders in making sure we have a seat at the table. Hang tight. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205-672-2000 
The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Congress is getting this reality check. I don't know if you are. Listen up. The National Restaurant Association issued a bleak warning in a letter to congressional leaders on Monday saying that with nearly one in six six restaurants completely closed, the restaurant industry will crumble if it doesn't get any relief for nearly nine months. Restaurants, by the way, that's our nation's second largest private sector employer. They've been in a free fall and uh, been struggling with capacity limits, etc. cetera. Um, they say due to the coronavirus pandemic, but I really say due to government mandate, mandates. Wrote Sean Kennedy, he's the association's vice president for public affairs. Now, this is serious. This is not a joke. This morning we sent a letter to Congress, he says. Drawing unique attention to the restaurant industry and what we have to have to survive this pandemic. The association also found out that 87% of full-service restaurants reported an average 36% drop in sales revenue. Um, that number is huge. I don't see how they can even survive it. And the answer is, at least according to this association... And some might say, oh, they're just asking for, you know, a handout there, you know, whatever, they're fine. I don't think so. Okay, when you shut down by government mandate and or severely curtail what these people can do, hey, you're in serious, serious trouble if you're not careful. Um, Again, this is why you guys are urging the passage uh, of this act is that we are at a critical juncture. These businesses may never come back. Most of American business, at least when it comes to average wages for you and I and everybody else, depends on small business. That's at the core of this uh, discussion, and I don't think the American people really understand the gravity here, Pete. You know, uh, there, there are many instances where destroyed businesses will never be able to come back. I mean, we have a very dynamic small business environment in this country under the best of conditions. Businesses are created and phased out or transitioned all the time. That's what makes our economy so vibrant. But when government swoops in and imposes artificial restrictions on the way businesses can operate, that's tampering with the natural process called Schumpeter's Law of Creative Destruction. And 
uh, we are going to pay a dear price for this, not only in terms of crushed entrepreneurial spirit, uh, not only in terms of lost employment opportunities, uh, but also in terms, frankly, of the very practical lost revenues. You know, governments need to realize that when they are depressing business activity by shutting them down, they're also depriving themselves of profit taxes and property taxes. Oh, they may try to act like the situation is normal there and just keep sending these businesses property tax bills to pay, but they can't pay them. And that reality is going to hit very soon unless governments get smarter with their policies. I mean, here I am in Montgomery County, Maryland, talking to you just a couple of days ago. My county council gave the okay to an executive order that's going to ban indoor dining in the county again, uh, barely a few months after dining started to get back to normal here. Well, it's also, as I talked to you, 32 degrees outside. How in the world is any business going to offer outdoor dining under conditions like that? The answer is they can't really do it very conveniently. And so governments need to recognize the problems they are creating by these shutdowns. And whether you support them or not, it is their responsibility to try and help the businesses that their laws are hurting. And let me give you an example to make the point. Uh, in the Constitution, government has the ability to obtain land in states uh, based on a very unique list of guidelines. The, the government can ask for land for certain purposes. But even in a given state, what they've got to do is identify a piece of property. They've got to get the state's permission, and then they've got to provide just compensation for that land, uh, even so. And, and so that guideline really is what we're talking about here. If you're going to take away the profitability and or the, the ability to make a profit or whatever you want to say uh, by mandate, and then you've got to compensate in the meantime. Now, I don't like that because it, to me, smacks of socialism. But at the same time, uh, you know, we if we're going to allow one, we've got to allow the other. And what we should probably do is back off and say, how can we uh, open up the economy and, and, and not let the COVID destroy everybody? And, and how do we get a balance? You know, for example, if you drive 75 miles an hour on the road, a lot of people die. I don't know what it is. It's like 40,000 people a year die due to road accidents and stuff like that. If you slowed everybody down to 25 there, Pete, instead of 70 on the freeway, uh, nobody would really die comparatively, maybe one or two. But the number would go down big time. It's an acceptable risk that we're taking by allowing people to drive that fast. Uh, and, and I say the same thing is true with the corona here. We should mitigate, to the best of our ability, uh, the negative effects. Uh, but we got to do that across the board, not just uh, in a panic uh, with laser-like vision on shutting everybody down. We've got to somehow come back and talk about acceptable risks and reality uh, in society. Otherwise, you can't ever even walk across the street, Pete. And evidence-based policymaking here. You know, we constantly hear that refrain in response to so many of the Trump administration's executive orders. Oh, these aren't based on science or evidence. Well, we need to take that principle to heart when it comes to some of government's responses to this crisis. Again, some folks may support these total lockdowns or the partial lockdowns, judging that, look, the risks aren't worth it. Okay, but let's weigh those risks and let's consider the economic impacts and the fallout down the line that we're going to experience here. The kids who've been deprived of a full-scale educational experience, you know, that's going to have a ripple effect for years. And 
taxpayers are involved in these uh, calculations, too. What kind of remedial education is going to be necessary after this pandemic is finally over? And the, the good Lord is going to find a way uh, for us to make sure it is over. And what happens? Uh, what's, uh, how are school districts going to spend the money for that kind of remedial education? Where are they going to do it? Uh, those are important fiscal questions that we really haven't been able to consider because we're in this emergency mindset. Well, and we also have situations where a lot of people are committing suicide because they're isolated, they're alone. A lot of people have other health conditions and health problems that aren't getting treated, and people are dying as a result of the, uh, the lack of uh, ability to get uh, you know, some of the operations and or uh, surgeries and or tests that are necessary uh, because of this. You know, we really need to open up our minds to appropriate discussions rather than attacking on each side of the aisle. Oh, Trump's bad because of this, or oh, you know, Biden because of that. Or, and we need to step back a minute and say, let's quit playing the blame game. Let's talk about what we can best do in this situation. How do we mitigate the risks everywhere and create a balance that's acceptable? Um, and that's really what we need to be focusing on. And I think that's what NTU does. How can we use our money wisely and carefully? We get that taxes are necessary. But how do we come up with a plan that can benefit us all? And, and I really yeah. think that's what we need to be talking about. And if we could get uh, a lot of the egos out of the way, maybe we could give that for Christmas, huh, Pete? <laughs> Quite possibly. And you raise a very important point here, Sam, that we've been talking a lot about federal legislation, federal responses and rulemakings and federal court rulings and federal court access. A lot of this is happening at the local level where folks could easily organize, even in this pandemic era, to form local taxpayer groups that would say to the school districts, hey, have you considered all the factors here? In your COVID-19 response, have you thought about the issue like remedial education? Have you thought about places that you've not had to spend money on going to the pandemic and shifting that into additional expenditures that might be needed in response to the pandemic? Have you thought about how to keep property tax burdens low for businesses as well as individuals so we can all recover as the economy gets back on its feet, because a recovering economy is a government treasury's best friend. If nobody's making money and nobody's spending money, governments don't get money either. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot of work to do in America. And as Pete wisely points out, a lot of it can be done in your state, in your county, in your city, at the local Level And that's really where I think most of the impacts can be made. Instead of letting things trickle down um, the way we think, we need to think local is the highest point. Let them trickle down to the furthest government from us, the feds. Um, we can do that if we think locally and act responsibly. That's for sure. Uh, another quick headline to get your take on, believe it or not. Bitcoin breaks 21000 dollars after reaching all-time high at twenty grand. I mean, Bitcoin's soaring out of control in relation to this reality. Um, that's scary, Pete. Yeah, I think that has a lot to say about people's confidence in the future of our economy and in the soundness of currencies like the U.S. dollar. Uh, we, we ignore that at our own peril, and we need to realize that, okay, alternative forms of currency may be the choice 
for many people. We shouldn't stand in the way of that, but we need to figure out if people are flocking to those types of currencies because they're losing faith in uh, their own governments and, and various central banking entities. If that's the case, then we need to step back and ask questions about why that's happening. Is it overtaxation, overregulation, overspending, all of the above? Uh, those are very important questions to ask and get answered before we have some other crisis on our hands. And that I'm kind of a I'm kind of a simpleton, Pete. I think one of the things that we really need to do. A lot of people want to you know take a um, you know an axe to this thing. I think a lot of times it's more like a, a you know in a, in a wood shop you use a plane and you take off a teeny bit at a time and you adjust here and you adjust there and you you kind of look at the results and analyze and and I think one of the things that we really need to understand it's kind of like an equalizer in audio. You know, the more you tweak the audio, the worse it sounds. Believe it or not, small teeny changes make the most difference. And I think that's what we really need to talk about here too. We don't need massive change. What we need to do is slow, appropriate reform with a compass on the goal of less taxes, more liberty, vibrant economy, free market principles. Uh, and, and we should use these um, fundamental guides to slowly but surely carve changes uh, for success. I think knee-jerk reactions are dangerous. I think panics are bad for the people. I think the appropriate crafting towards our goal really makes the most difference. And NTU is poised to help us all do that from top to bottom, Pete. Well, we are ready to make that contribution in 2021. Uh, there are many opportunities next year. Many people think, oh, it's nothing but threats. We're going to have to hunker down and defend ourselves. Well, there are some threats. But again, there are opportunities that taxpayers can pursue from the local level on up. And we're here to help folks do that. There you have it, Pete. Merry Christmas to you and your family and the whole NTU team. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. Take care. Godspeed. There he goes. Pete Sepp doing a phenomenal job. Ladies and gentlemen, we have people like that in America working every single day to improve the economy, to improve liberty, to focus on what we can do to make these changes. I'm talking about consistent efforts, incremental change towards the goal of free markets, of accountability, of transparency. I mean, I could go on, as you all know. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Archives at LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. LibertyRoundTable.com. Donate liberally today, would you please? For Sam, Pete, and many others, we the people can and will restore America. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States.